Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Man, good to see you. Thank you so much for the... We have a very, very faithful church online, God, and I thank you so much for them. I wanna say welcome to our church online. Thank you for being a part of our church. Thank you for being our family. Um, Thank you for being so faithful. If you are listening with us online, I pray you get the word, grab a word, grab your Bible. If you're in the house today, grab your Bible. Uh, Please don't steal one from your neighbor. That's not good to do in church, all right? But turn to Ephesians chapter six. That's the series we're in uh, we've been in this for several weeks, about four weeks now. Uh, we set it up um, in the first four chapters, and now we're going to dive into the first piece of armor. And I don't want you to miss that because it's very important. I am very passionate. You're going to see this in just a little bit uh, on this first piece. This is the piece that if you can't get the belt, the loin belt right, the rest of the equipment, the rest of the weaponry, it's gonna struggle, I just promise you, I, I, you. You're gonna see it in just a little bit, so I want you to get this truth. If you take notes in the service, please take notes. I'm gonna give you nine of these truths in Scripture. When, when you see them pop up, they're not, I'm not gonna have the time to go to all the Scriptures. There's a bunch. I just want you to write those addresses down. That is for you. You need that. So this is uh, the fight of your life. We're in Ephesians chapter 6. I wanna begin... Uh, like we do each week, I want to go back and begin in verse 10 and read up to the text today because I think it sets the table for us. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, I'll begin there. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in, and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Verse 13, therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, stand. We set this up. Those are the four verses we set it up with. Every bit, if you missed any of it, you go back and listen and watch those. You've got to get these four. These four verses are key. It sets the whole thing up. It's why Paul said what he said in the first five chapters. Then he comes up in verse 6, and he begins in verse 10, in chapter 6, in verse 10, he says, finally, And I told you before, don't say finally in a conversation if you hadn't said anything before that. It's weird, all right? And then he goes on, and he goes in 13, he says, therefore, and I've said, always ask, what's that therefore, therefore? And he tells you why it's therefore. Because when it comes, not if it comes, my friend, 
when it comes. Look at the text today. Verse 14, first piece of armor. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. That's two pieces of equipment, only one today, next week's breastplate, okay? You're gonna see it as a belt of truth. You will also see it listed as a loin belt, okay? Listen to me. You've gotta understand the importance of that. Many of us, I have a belt on the day. It's not real significant. You don't draw attention. People don't usually walk up to somebody and say, nice belt, dude. Okay. Honey, we're now sitting over here. <laughs> Listen to me. I under, so for a lady, that's one thing. But for most of the time, your belt does not draw a lot of attention. Nice, nice pants, nice shoes, nice shirt, that kind of stuff. Listen, belt's not real significant. And for some people, a belt is pretty much just, just a simple accessory. But for some people, a belt is necessary, okay? And we prefer it to be buckled pretty tight so that things that we don't want exposed will not be exposed, amen? And so sometimes somebody might say, you need a belt, dude, all right? Some people have little confidence in their belt, so they add suspenders with their belt. That's not a bad backup plan sometimes, amen? All right, especially if you sit behind them, okay? So, listen, <laughs> sorry, but, but listen to me. A belt is very important. You may not get compliments on belts, but if you don't have one, you may be invited to get one, okay? So, belts aren't a big deal. So, a Roman soldier's loin belts did not look important, but listen to me. They're very important, very important. So, you might say, Why? Because loin belts held up many of the other equipment or weaponry together. Many times on the Roman soldier, on his belt, he didn't just have that on just for the sake of having it on, okay? He had that on, and we're going to see in the coming weeks that many of the other equipment or the other pieces of armor that he had on with him, some of it, not all of it, but some of it attached to the belt. When you let that sink in just a little bit. Meaning, if that belt isn't in its proper place and secure, the other pieces of equipment that followed that attached to it would not do its job. Would not do its job. The soldier's ability to use other pieces, as I said, of his weaponry dependent on the loin belt. The armor of a Roman soldier would literally come apart piece by piece if he didn't have the loin belt around his waist. Now, there's not a lot of times that you would laugh at Roman soldiers, but when their stuff starts falling off of them because the loin belt fell off, you're going to get laughed at. You're going to get laughed at. The loin belt was absolutely essential to the Roman soldier in order for him, watch this, to be able to do what? Be confident in battle. Oh my gosh, can I tell you that confidence is valuable? 
See, it isn't the size of the dog in the fight, amen. It's the size of the fight in the dog. How many of you have seen a little bitty chihuahua get after a big old lab, and that lab's gone? He don't want no part of that sucker. I mean, he get on him like white on rice. He's gone. He won't come off of him either. I mean, it's funny. And you look at him side by side, and you're like, that little chihuahua, he's a confident little dude, isn't he? Uh-huh. If he stopped to think about the size of that lab, he wouldn't do that. But listen, confident people don't think a lot. They gone. They just go. You have got to be a confident believer. You don't have time to figure it out. This is a war. You don't have, to, you don't have time to check and see if everything is where it needs to be. When you put your armor on, that belt goes on, that is absolutely a vital, vital part of everything that follows. Very important. So what is a loin belt, you might ask? It's a very good question, all right? Let me show it to you. It is the written word of God. God-inspired, God-penned, inerrant, it's without fault, it is the word of truth. It is the truth. It's not an opinion. It's not culture. It's not about how you feel. This is concrete word of God before you were born, after you were born. Doesn't change. This is the word of God, the written truth of who you are. That is the belt of truth. When you put that loin belt on, that holds everything else together. If you know who you are in the written, ordained, inspired word of God, that's non-negotiable. It is not popular. It's not culture. It's not the new fad. No, it doesn't change, my friend. This is the word of God. Stands the test of time, stands against anything. Will always be the best seller because it is the best. It is the word of God, John 1, Jesus said, he became flesh and dwelt among us. He is the word, and it became flesh and dwelt among us. It is the inerrant word of God, infallible word of God. The word of God is powerful, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates anything. The word of God is the most important thing you got. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at nine principles of who we are in the word. If you're an adult, I don't care if you're 99, if you're a kid, that's nine. Anything in between, if you're in the house, these truths have got to be your truths. These cannot be stuff that you go, well, kinda, a little bit, I'm not real sure. No, 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 no. We are in a battle. We are in a battle. If you still don't know you're in a battle, we need to talk after church. You're in a battle. Every day you get up, you walk out into a battle. You have no idea what you're walking into, only he does. You must be fitted with your armor. Every sunrise is an opportunity to spend time in the word of truth, reminding you of who you are in the truth, in the word. Then you walk out in that truth. And no matter what anybody else says to you, regardless of whatever they say to you, you go back to these truths. Your son or daughter comes home from school, so-and-so made fun of me. Okay, that was mean that they said that, but what, what is the truth about you? Boom. 
What is the truth according to the word? My boss made fun of me. What does the word say about you? People at work are talking about me. What does the word say about you? You go back to the truth, back to the truth, back to the truth, back to the truth. Because as parents, we can't tell our children who, we, who they are as much as we can show them according to the truth who they are. So that when they graduate from our house and they go out there in the world and the world talks bad about them or tells lies about them, they can say, regardless, world, this is who the truth says I am. This is the truth of who I am. So let's look at the truths, nine of them. Again, I'm gonna give them to you. I don't have time to go to all the addresses. You write them down, you can look at them later, okay? Number one, God is my creator and I am his creation. That's a big deal, man. You gotta know that truth. God is my creator. There is one creator. He is the one true God. God, God is my creator and I am his creation. Genesis 1.26 says this, let us make man in our own image. To get an us, there has to be more than one present, amen? Because you don't walk around and introduce yourself, hi, I'm us, I'm an us. You're not an us. You can't be an us if there's one of you. There must be an us if there's more than one. So the us in the text is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All three present at creation for you. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That is a big, big, big deal. Because one of those us is put, was on the cross. He became man and died on the cross for you. Now through the Holy Spirit, one of those us's lives inside of you and it's powerful. They made us. Psalm 139 says, my God, my creator, knit me together, the creation in my mother's womb. Who made you? God made you. You tell your son or daughter, you tell yourself every day the truth of God's word. So when somebody tries to tell you you're not made from God, you simply say, thank you. Regardless, the word of God says that I was made by God. I was knit together in my mother's womb that all the days of my life had been ordained and not by you. That's how you live in the truth of God's word. Number two, Jesus took my place Jesus died for me. That's a truth. That's a big, big truth. It's gotta be nailed down in your life. You gotta know that. You can't be told that. You gotta know that. You gotta capital K-N-O-W that. There can't be a hope so, I think so, uh, it would be nice so. Jesus died for me. He took my place. I could not do what he did for me. He chose to do that. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. All have failed and fallen short of the glory of God. While I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. If I believe in my heart, confess in my mouth that Jesus is Lord, I will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He told Nicodemus, you gotta have two birthdays. One birthday comes from mama, next birthday comes from Jesus. You gotta be born again. If you got two birthdays, you're doing good. Some of you only wish you had two candles on your cake, all right? Sometimes we make smoke alarms, smoke alarms go off because we have so many. But here's the deal, you gotta have two birthdays. Tell the woman at the well, listen to me. You can go out in this world all day you want to. You can, you can take from this world all you want, but this world will never satisfy you. 
because I will become a spring of living water that wells up inside of you. And you will never have to keep coming here to draw water. This world is not your home. You're passing through, so don't hug it. Live in it. Make much of it. But this is not your home. Jesus died for you. He's your well. John 14, 6, a scripture people <laughs> they have issues with. Jesus said, I am the truth, the lie, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Today, popular culture says, well, that's a little narrow, don't you think, preacher? God is love. Where's grace? In that verse. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's in that verse. Well, I think that's a little narrow. Well, pfft, on what you think, because that's not important. What I think's not important. What's important is the word of God, the word of truth, the truth, 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 truth. I can argue and debate whether that's truth or I can get me under that truth and enjoy its blessing. That's just it. Listen, that is not God being mean. He says there is one way, one way, one way through me. Every way, there's not every way, there's one way, and that one way goes through Calvary, period. It's not through religious actions. It's not through good doing good things. It's not the works that no man may boast. It is through Jesus Christ, his grace, his love for you and me. That's how you get there. It's not narrow-minded. It's just the truth of God's word. It doesn't change. It was here before I was hatched. It will be here after I'm planted, okay? It's just the truth. It is the truth. Number three, I follow Jesus' example in baptism. Once I'm born again, once I'm saved, once I give my life to Christ, I become a what? Christ follower, okay? I follow Jesus. Jesus died for me. I accepted that. So now that I'm born again and saved, I want to continue to follow Jesus. So what is the first step of obedience or the first step of following Jesus? That's a good question, and I'm glad you asked that. It is baptism. What kind of baptism? The kind of baptism that Jesus did. Well, what kind of baptism did Jesus do? Well, let's look at the word of truth and find out. Because if I'm serious about following Jesus, then I want to follow Jesus. I don't want to follow Jesus and go, well, I'm going to skip that one. No, you can't skip that one. Well, that's not how I was raised. That's not how I grew up. I, I love you. Let me hug you. But let me show you something. Here's the word of God. Here's the truth. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 3, you can look at it if you want to later. We'll have time. Matthew chapter 3, you can look at it. John the Baptist is going to baptize Jesus. John the Baptist said, not worthy. Jesus said, regardless, you're going to do it. All right? And so he baptizes Jesus. The scripture's pretty simple says, when Jesus came out of the water or up from the water, he saw a dove. Now, here's the deal. You have got to be in something to come out of something. Amen? If you're going to get in the bath, probably what follows next is coming out of the bath, all right? If you, didn't, if you don't have to come out of a bath, you probably didn't go into a bath. That makes sense? So Jesus said he came out of the water and he saw a dove. So meaning he went into the water, scripturally baptized, 
under the water, and he came up out of the water, and he saw a dove, and it signaled from heaven, and the father said, I, that is my son, I am well pleased. So if I get saved and I want to follow Jesus, then the next thing I do, the next truth is that I'm scripturally baptized. When you are born again and you're saved and you get scripturally baptized, guess what? That's a rock-solid truth in your life. And nobody can talk you out of that. Scripture says that once a person is born again and saved, he can't be pricked from the Father's hand. He's secure. That's a truth. Number four, I have a personal relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Amen? I have born again, scripturally baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I have a personal relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Psalm 139 says that he knows my thoughts before I think them. He knows when I sit and when I rise. He knows he knows what I'm going to do before I do it. Why? Because he is familiar with all my ways. He is a personal God. He knows my name. He knows the number of hairs on my head, the lack thereof. He knows everything about me because I am now in a personal relationship with Jesus. Through what? The Holy Spirit. You say, well, how do you know it's the Holy Spirit? Simple as this. In John chapter 10, Jesus says he is the what? The shepherd. Jesus says, I am the what? The sheep. The sheep do what? They know his name, they know his voice. He calls his sheep by name and they follow him. Jesus knows my name. I have a relationship with him through the Holy Spirit. So now when I am in the word, I can hear God speak to me because I have a personal relationship. And because of that personal relationship, I hear him. And the Holy Spirit gives me that opportunity to hear God's voice. If I'm having a tough time hearing God's voice, it can only be two things. Number one, either I don't know him, so I don't have the mechanism of the Holy Spirit to hear it. Or number two, as Isaiah 59, 2 says, your iniquities or your sin have separated you from God. So that's called repent of your sins. Let him wash you clean, bring you back in the fellowship with God so you can hear his voice. He said, which one is it for me, preacher? Which one is it for me, which one is it for me? You have to answer that. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? If you do, then you can hear his voice, all right? That is a truth in God's word. That's a truth that has to be apparent and evident in your life. You have to know that truth. Number five, Jesus rose on the third day. He said, ah, oh, that's not that big of a deal. That is a huge deal, huge deal. Jesus rose on the third day. That's a big, big, big deal. It's not just a cute little Easter thing and then we go eat big lunch. That is a big, big, big deal. Jesus conquered sin and he conquered death, meaning I am not under sin any longer when I'm born again. I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. I do not have to sin. I choose to sin because I have the power through the Holy Spirit not to sin. And I will not die, okay? I'll die, but I will not die because I will be raised just like Jesus was and I will live with him. As soon as I take my last breath, I am absent from this world and I'm present with the Lord, just like that, just like that. Matthew 28, five and six, Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb. 
She's looking for Jesus on the third day. The angel says, who are you looking for? You looking for Jesus? He's not here. He's not here. He is risen just like he said he would. Amen. He is risen just like he said he would. So the resurrection of Jesus Christ on the third day is a scripture truth that is non-negotiable and has nothing to do with popular culture. So that when you send your child to a university and you've told them all your life, you told your child, Jesus rose on the third day. That's cool. Jesus rose on the third day. That's cool. You go to college and a professor paid thousands of dollars to tell your students, that's a lie. That didn't happen. That's just made up. Just made up. Your son or daughter goes, well, my mommy's not here to tell me, so I guess I have to listen to him. Oh, no. Oh, no. My mommy is not here. But truth is, the word of God is, listen to me, my belt is, come on, my belt went to college. <laughs> they needed to, right? They went to college. So when they speak lies against the word, against the truth, I know the truth. Not because I was told the truth, but because I was shown the truth. Anybody follow me? Because if man can talk you into it, another man can talk you out of it. So if all you do is convince your kids that this is, this is what is right, but you never show them according to Scripture, when they leave you, they may change their mind. I don't want that. I want to know the truth. Because the truth will what? Set me free. Set me free. We're always amazed at what happens sometimes those four or five years in college. The truth doesn't change. It's not culture. It's not popular. It's concrete, solid, anchor, a rock, a solid foundation that you can build your life on. Popular culture, opinions, someone's ideals, someone's story, all that changes, man, just changes, changes, changes. If you don't know by now, there's a whole lot of lying going on, amen? Whole lot of lying going on. So what do you need right now more than anything? Belt of truth. What did the Father say about this? Well, let's go talk to him because I'm saved, born again, baptized, I have the Holy Spirit living in me. Father, they just said that. What do you say about that? <laughs> that ain't no good. Okay, now I'm walking in that truth. That's it. Well, they said this on the I read this on the internet. I saw her. It must be true. It's on the internet. <laughs> Sorry. What's the truth? What's the truth? Number six, got a row. God has a calling on my life. God has a calling on my life. We call it here purpose. Listen to me. God's called everyone for a specific purpose. You say, well, I just thought preachers were called. Oh, no. Everybody called. Look at me. I'm looking at doctors that are called by God, nurses that are called by God, teachers called by God, financial people called by God, bankers called by God, insurance guys called by God, even accountants called by God. Amen? I'm looking at people that have got a calling on their life. They knew that's what God wanted them to do. They were shaped, created, formed for this. 
And when they're doing it, they know they're riding in God's will, riding God's will. I, I said this in the first service. I'm gonna tell you something. When a fire breaks out, when a fire breaks out, you know what I want? I want a called fireman by God to run in my house. Because here's the deal. The dude that goes, yeah, I don't know if I want to be a fireman. I, I changed my mind. You change your mind. You just going to sit by your truck and not go in? I changed my mind. Nah, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go farm. Farming's good. But right now, the house on fire. So you got to go in there with confidence. And if you're called by God, what do you do? Go with confidence. If you're not confident, do you go? No. You know who I want in my room when I'm in the hospital? I want a nurse called by God. Woo! When my wife was having a baby, I wasn't sure I wanted in that room all the time. But I sure wanted that nurse called by God to go in that room. Ma'am, are you called by God to be a nurse? I sure am. <laughs> Poke me. Do whatever you got to do then, because I'm good. Because you know what? When, you're, when you know you're called by God to do what you're doing, guess what you do it? You do it like you're working for the Lord, not for man. Come on. That's what you need, confidence. When you know that truth, you do it that way. Number seven, the ultimate purpose of all of us, each one of us, no matter what our calling is life, the ultimate purpose, according to God's word, is to go make disciples. Hey, nurse, you know why these people are on your shift? So you can make disciples. Hey, you know why you came to this restaurant? So you can make disciples. You know why you, these guys move around fire stations, but this is your group right now? To go make disciples. You know why this person came to you, doctor? You think you don't need a doctor? Bunch of doctors. They walked in here because God said go here. They walked in you because God trusts you. Because when you act out of the truth of God's word and do your calling, you'll make disciples. Mm. See, sometimes what you do for them as a doctor is you treat them medically. But sometimes when you're walking in your calling, you pray for them. You make a disciple. You give them the greatest gift, and that is Jesus. Some of us need to understand the truth and walk in that confidence of that truth. Number eight, another truth, another truth. Jesus is coming back. That is a truth. John 14 says, I go away to prepare a place for you. If I go there, I will come back, all right? I will come back to receive you where I am. He says, I'm going to make a room for you. Got your name on it. When I get done with your room, I'm gonna come get you. But until I finish your room, you just keep on being a disciple. You keep on walking in my calling. You keep on doing what I ordained you to do because I'm your God. Walk in my truth with your buckle, with that belt buckle around you. You walk. You walk. Number nine, I am. I am a king's kid. That's a big truth right there. I am a king's kid. See, I bear a name called Ponder. But I bear a bigger name than that. I bear the, I bear the sonship. I'm a daughter of a king. I'm a son of a king. I'm a king's kid. See, everywhere I go, I do carry Jeffrey Wayne Ponder, but I also carry king's kid. And King's kid trumps all the earthly titles I could ever receive, every one of them. See, when I get up in the morning, 
I do get up Jeffrey Wayne Ponder, but what I get up in is a king's kid. So when I know that truth that I'm a king's kid, it changes how I live. It changes what I see. It changes what God does in my life because I allow God by the sunrise to tell me, hey, time to get up, spend time with me because you're going out in your world. So buckle up your belt, know the truth of who I say you are. You're a king's kid. Watch what I do today. That changes everything. As long as the loin belt of truth, the word of God is central in my life, the rest of my spiritual armor will be effective. See, we're gonna see in just a little while as we go through this series the next couple of weeks that some of the equipment set on the belt. The sword of the spirit, guess where the sword of the spirit's buckled to? Belt. Guess where the breastplate of righteousness sits? Sits on the belt. What if my belt falls off? What if my belt's not firmly, firmly, as it says, firmly buckled? Then my breastplate, I'm giving a little bit of next week away, but my breastplate slides down, right? That exposes my heart. You want to go down real fast? Get shot in the heart. You ever heard something and took it to heart and it was a lie? Mm. I don't want to give too much away. I could just, if y'all, we order lunch, I could just stay and keep going. You know, all good? <laughs> you see, when you remove God's word from its rightful place at the very core of your life, it won't be long until you begin to spiritually come apart at the seams. See, when that belt of truth is not properly put on, guess what you are unable to do? You're unable to walk out in truth. You're unable to walk out confident. So do you think for a minute that you care about your shield? Do you think for a minute you're going to use the sword? I don't think so. Last thing on your mind. So when you do that, you're not properly ready to go in the battle. You must let the Bible be the governor, the law, the ruler, the final say-so in your life. No matter what happens at work, at school, at home, in a relationship, no matter what happens, no matter what is said to you, said about you, thought about you, anything done to you, you go back to this. Regardless of all of that, regardless, what does the truth say? What does the belt of truth say? That's what you go back to. I'll share this in closing. Many of you know I did not enjoy elementary very much because I stuttered greatly, couldn't spell, couldn't really write, couldn't speak good. Held back in the second grade, didn't get to go with my classmates, stayed in a little room with a little lady. She probably wasn't that old, but when you're in second grade, everybody's old. And so the little ball bounced, hit the word. I'd have to pronounce the word, okay? This is back when they had those half a cantaloupe on this side and half a cantaloupe on this side, the earphones. Y'all remember those? Those were gray. I'm dating myself, but it was ugly. So I did that. 
So people would laugh at me when I read out loud. They would laugh, and I didn't know how to react, so I just started fighting them, and I'd end up in the principal's room. It's just ugly. And so fast forward all the way through junior high, high school, go off to school, baseball scholarship, I go play ball. And I'm in my sophomore year in college at East Texas Baptist University. I'm staying in a dorm room called Fry Hall. And God is beginning to speak to me about full-time ministry. And I'm like, they ain't no, you want me to stand in front of people and read? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I did that once. That didn't go well. No, what you're going to do is you're going to speak. You're going to preach every week. You're going to speak. No, no. Have you, are you, have you lost your mind, God? I mean, what's wrong with you? No. And these people would come up to me, my friends and teachers, they'd say, Thank God's calling you to ministry. I'm like, what is wrong with this campus? I've got to relocate. This is the craziest universe I've ever met. This just kept going on. And I'm rejecting man's words. And then I get in my dorm room one night and I open up the Bible. And I want you to listen to what I opened it up to. No purpose at all. Just open the Bible. Here's what I opened it to. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not say you're only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you to. And do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and he touched my mouth, and he said to me, now I've put my words in your mouth. See, today, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot, tear down, to destroy, to overthrow, and watch these two words, to build and to plant. It didn't matter what man said. It couldn't penetrate because I rejected all the words that man spoke over me because of what I thought about me. But when the word of God, when God spoke it over me, changed everything because now it becomes a truth of who I am, supported by what man saw in me, but I wouldn't receive it because when man spoke into me, I dogged me. Now God said, that is my child. I put, I put my words in. You go do what I called you to do. You go do that and don't fear. Where are you today? Where does your belt say about you? Those nine things that I just covered are not my opinion about truth. They're God's word about truth. They must be who we are. We will live out of those words. I live out of Jeremiah 1 every day since then. Every day. Oh, I've had a lot of people since then say, you shouldn't be a pastor. I don't like you. You're a jerk. I'm like, thank you. Your words, mm, that's the Father's words. Father's words. That's it. What is the Father saying to you? What has he spoken to you? What's the truth of who you are? Those nine truths that we just looked at, that's the belt of truth. Every day you put that on. Every day. And no matter what happens that day, you go back to the truth. You just go back to the truth. 
That is not who I am. I am not what they say. I'm not this. I'm not that. That happened to me. That's a tough day. That's a hard day. But you know what? This is what the Father says about me. You go back to that word. You go back to the word. You go back to the word. Back to the word. The truth, the truth, the truth. It's a belt that has to be attached properly because all other weaponry goes on that or comes out of that. So if you know the belt of truth wrapped around you, the truth of what God's word says about you, you can walk in that truth. Don't walk in anything but that truth. Non-negotiable, can't be talked out of it. That's who you are. Amen. Let's stand together. I simply want to pray over you and then let you do according to what God said. Are those truths true about you? Amen. If they're not true, you won't fight. I'm just, I'm sorry. You'll never get out of the foxhole because you're scared, because you don't know who you are. You're in a battle. You got to fight for your marriage, fight for your family, fight for your kids, fight for who you are. You got to put that belt of truth on, walk out in that truth. No matter what happens, go back to the word of God, the inerrant, infallible, spoken word of God, written word of God, the truth. This is where it is. Doesn't change, not culture. This is, this is not opinion. This is the word of truth. It's got to be in your life. Everything comes from it. Everything. Let me pray over you. I want you to do simply only what God says to do. Father, we love you. Your Holy Spirit spoke with power today. It landed you have said what you wanted to say to each of us right where we needed to hear it. God, I pray that we build our lives on truth, not on opinion, not on culture, not on the way we feel, but on truth. Regardless of everything else, what is the word, written word, inspired, holy word of God say about me? May our lives be built and may we always have our belt of truth on. This is my prayer in your name. Amen. Let's worship. You come if you need to. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 